When you read passages of scripture such as, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Who is the Lord to you? Who is the Lord? What does that mean? What do you actually see in that scripture? What are you saying? The Lord is my shepherd. Who is it that's our shepherd? You may say Jesus. Well, how do you see Jesus? It's really very simple to me. Every time I see a passage of scripture that speaks of the Lord or that speaks of I am the way, the truth, the life, as Jesus said to us, I see the same thing. The word is my shepherd. How do I know to do this or that? How do I know what God wants me to do? I know it because of the Holy Spirit who lives inside me, who reminds me and shows me exactly what the will of God is for me in that specific situation of life. Faith comes by the word. You don't have faith without the word. God said to Abraham, God said to Abraham, Get thee out from thy father's house, and from thy kindred, and from thy lands, from thy country, and I will make of thee a great nation. How was it all done? God said to Abraham, How was the heaven and the earth created? God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, what is that that created it? The Word. Everything is done by the Word. All of these passages of Scripture are the Word. When, it, when Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, Thomas said, we don't know how to go. Jesus says, I am the way. That means the word is the way. If you don't see it this way, I don't see how you follow God. You can't follow God by seeing the image of a flesh and blood man. Jesus was on the earth for a short time in the flesh. But before that, before he ever came to the earth, he was the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But when we see the Jesus, we don't see a flesh and blood human. We see the Word. The Word is everything to us. It gives us faith to go ahead. It shows us exactly what to do. It's everything. Genesis 12, verse 1. 
Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, see how he spoke to Abraham, just like he speaks to us today. How does he speak to us today? Mostly, he speaks to me by bringing thoughts to my mind. But I clearly know they're of God. In December 2018, I fell at my house as the ambulance workers had me on the gurney, rolling me past my front door, I heard, you'll never see this house again. I knew it was God. It didn't trouble me that I wouldn't see that house again. God had another way for me to go. It was just information showing me what to do. In other words, put the house up for sale. You'll never see this house again. One of our people in our church group said to me when I put the house up for sale, I was in the hospital, and she said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, well, God's told me I will never see the house again. See, she didn't understand. She didn't understand God speaks directly to us and tells us things and instructs us. And yet he, he had spoken to her directly a few months earlier saying, now is the time to get a dog. I believe he told her that in the month of October. We didn't hear about it until maybe May or June, or March, March, April, May, somewhere around there. She still didn't have a dog. See, she did not have the concept of following God. If God says now is the time to get a dog, to me, that means now. I could see she was lacking in understanding this concept though she had been in our church group for 39 years and certainly heard all the messages I spoke. But she hadn't heard them by the Spirit of God. She hadn't heard the type of thing that it takes to give you faith. She isn't in our group anymore. God removed her. The way Abraham heard from God and the way we hear from God is absolutely identical. God speaks to us. How is the Lord our shepherd? Well, he's our shepherd because he moves us from pasture to pasture. How? By the word. By the word. How do we have faith to go to a certain place? We have faith because we know we've heard from God. We believe we've heard from God. Therefore, we have the basis for faith. Faith cometh by hearing. First, you have to hear from God before you can follow God. But we have all the tools. We who belong to God have all the tools to follow God. 
and do the will of God and know the will of God. Because we have been given the Holy Spirit who searches the heart of God and shows the will of God to us. That's in 1 Corinthians 2. One of the first scriptures ever given to me was the scripture in John chapter 5, verse 30, where Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing. I found that a remarkable scripture. He's the son of God, and yet he couldn't do anything of his own self. And he said, as I hear, I judge. One time I shared that with a Baptist woman. And she said, well, who did Jesus hear from? And I said, God, the Father. See, such fundamental elementary points are often missing from the thinking of the church people. Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seeketh not mine will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. That is fundamental to everything we do in this life. I can of mine own self do nothing. As little fleshly, fleshly children, a little child wants to do it all himself, all by himself. That's what the flesh wants. They want the praise. But when you know you can't do this, and when you know it was God who showed you to do this, how can you be praised? How can you be arrogant about it? Because it was God who told you to do it in the first place. But if you just say, I did this, you can be just like the devil. I went up above the heights. I did this. I am. But when you are following God and understand these principles and you purpose to do only those things you are shown to do by God, you can take no pride in what you do because you know God told you to do it and you know God told you how to do it. So the work is of God and all of the praise goes to God. You don't have to say, like some of these football players will say, I give all the glory to God when they make a touchdown. Well, people don't see God through their touchdowns. They see the football player. I hate it when they think I've done something. There was a Catholic friend of mine who just marveled at the things she saw me do. And over and over, I would say to her, no, no, I didn't do this. God told me I could do this. But when she told the story at the Bridge Center, I would often hear her say, guess what Joan did? She, put, she took out the gas logs out of her fireplace and put wood-burning logs in her fireplace. And I would hear her say that, and I would stop her, and i say, now, I didn't do this on my own. I was driving down the street, and I saw a truckload of firewood, and I thought, oh, I'd like to have a wood-burning fireplace. And God said to me, by his Spirit, you can have that. It was God who authored it, not me. 
She didn't like to hear that. And often the people who were at the Bridge Center, who almost all of them went to some church, they didn't like to hear that. They want to praise the human. But when you're following God and doing what God says, you can take no pride in what you're doing because it was God who told you to do it. But you can certainly go forth in confidence when you hear what to do and how to do it. Pam Paget always laughs at this story. First time I ever saw a blog on a computer was in the movie about Julia Childs with Meryl Streep where it was called, I think, Julia and Julie or Julie and Julia. She was typing through all of Julia Child's recipes and going to cook each one of them and report it on a blog. And I saw that computer, and I saw her typing on that computer, and I thought how wonderful this would be to do, how I would love to type on a computer and do a blog. But I thought, but I don't have anything to say on a blog. Pam just laughs. Years later, I had a dream where a woman was singing, and I said she has a little voice. It's a nice little voice. And then in the dream, I realized instantly it was a blog, that you could communicate with the whole church through a blog. The next morning after that dream, I called Pam Paget in Colorado Springs. I lived in Texas. I called her and said, can you set up a blog? Pam Paget was a computer programmer at FedEx. That was her profession. So I figured she would figure out how to set up a blog for us. I knew it was God showing me to set up a blog. So Pam said, well, I don't know anything about blogs, but I guess I can. Within two days, she had it set up. Within three days, we were delivering messages to the church over the blog. The first day we delivered a message, and of course those were in writing and are in writing. The first day we delivered a message, we were so excited because we got two responses from people in Germany. It had never occurred to any of us that this material that we were writing for the church was going to go all over the world. And it doesn't cost anything to write a blog. This is incredible that you can write exhortations and send them all over the world without any cost whatsoever. Therefore, it is a little voice, but it's a nice little voice, just like the dream. Well, that's how I knew to do a blog, was because of the dream that God gave me. It was the word that came to me in that dream, showing me what to do. So I could go forth with confidence. And if I say today, how do I know to write a blog? How did I know to do it? I can say, God showed me. I didn't follow my own desires. God showed me. After I went on radio, there was a woman at the church I was attending who came to me and said, I want to do what you do. And I was shocked. I said, you do? 
It just hadn't occurred to me that anybody wanted to do these things. For I was instructed by God to do these things. At that time, it was radio. That was the 1980s. And again, that word came to me from God, I think, by an angel of the Lord. I was asleep in the night. A very loud trumpet-like voice spoke three words into my ear. Very often when you read examples of angels speaking, they're very loud, very powerful. That voice was like it was shouting, like a trumpet blowing in my ear. And the words that were given me that night were Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and quickly wrote KWJS on a notepad. It seemed to me it was call letters to either radio or television, but I get letters mixed up sometimes, and I didn't want to mix those letters up. So I wrote it down real quickly on a notepad. We didn't have computers in those days in 1980. Somehow I looked it up to see what KWJS was. I didn't even know which it was, whether it was radio or television. But I suppose I looked in the telephone directory to see what it might be. Or perhaps I looked on a church bulletin because our pastor had added several radio stations. I probably had an old church bulletin in a Bible. And I would suspect that's how I found out what KWJS was. Well, it turned out to be a radio station. So I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I said, I'm a writer, not a speaker. And, and besides that, I wouldn't know how to do that. Well, I was about to learn because instantly an impression, a thought came to my mind, call the radio station manager. Now that's the way the Holy Spirit works, to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things. I'm quoting from John 14, 26 and John 16, 13. How do you know to do that? God very often shows you by telling the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit brings the thought to your mind to show you what to do. So when I said to God, I wouldn't know how to go on radio, instantly I heard in my mind in the form of a thought, call the radio station manager. That same morning, I called the radio station, KWJS. I asked to speak to the manager. I said to him, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? The radio station manager said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me. If you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. After finishing talking with the radio station manager, I got a tape recorder, which I already had at my house. I got my kitchen timer. I made a broadcast 29 and a half minutes long. 
What did I put on it? Whatever God brought to my mind. I depended on God. And I just recorded from the beginning to the end without stopping the tape. I recorded 29 and a half minutes. I took it immediately, put it in the mail that same morning, mailed it to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting on radio station KWJS. That's how I knew to do it. Not long ago, there was a man at our house, and he really greatly troubled me. He was doing extermination work, but he troubled me when he talked. And he began telling about he was going on ministry trips. And he was telling me, oh, I went to so-and-so, and I went to such-and-such a town. And I just stopped him. I said, tell me, tell me, how did God show you to do this ministry? He went totally blank. He just stood there and stared at me. And then he said, well, I don't know. I don't know. You ask me, how did God show you to do podcast? You're going to hear how God showed me to do podcast. It's not going to be an I don't know. If you don't know how God showed you something, how can you have faith it was God who showed you to do it? Every time God has shown me to do something, I've had a level of faith that it was God showing me to do that. I heard in my mind, you'll never see this house again. I knew that was God by his spirit because I know how God speaks to us. I have read these scriptures so many times showing the working of the Holy Spirit, showing it is by the Holy Spirit that's in us that God speaks to us. My faith is, has been from the beginning at a very high level on hearing from God because I go over these scriptures so many times. I kept them before me for months and months and months. The scriptures in John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 16, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. John chapter 5, verse 30. These scriptures laying the foundation for the subject of hearing from God and knowing it's God speaking to you. John 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He shall teach you all things. When I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. I heard, call the radio station manager. Heard it in the form of a thought. The Holy Spirit bringing it to my mind what to do. He shall teach you all things. 
and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us. As a new Christian, my best friend, who's a former Baptist, told me that I had to learn, I had to begin to memorize scripture. And she enrolled me in something called Bible Memory Association. I had through that to memorize one scripture a week. A week! That was the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. We didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Nothing. Well, the Holy Spirit reminds you of everything Jesus says. So when he reminds you of something and you do it, that becomes a part of you. And the word lives in you. And you can easily quote the word. But you try to do it by the way of the flesh, by picking out a scripture and memorizing it, that can really be hard to do. But if you live that scripture... You don't have any trouble quoting it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Who, can, who is it that can't quote that? You don't have to look that scripture up. You can quote it easily. You didn't memorize it. You saw it, thought about it, and did it. Well, one of the workings of the Holy Spirit is to remind us of everything Jesus has said. You're going along trying to make a decision on what to do, and all of a sudden, a scripture comes to your mind. It's showing you what to do. God is showing you what to do by the scripture. So I strongly recommend that you keep these basic scriptures before you day and night until you understand how God communicates with us. Start with John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, says Jesus, he shall teach you all things. He teaches you all things. How did I know how to go on radio when God gave me the call letters for the radio station. How did I know? Because I said to God, I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't know how to go on radio. And brought to my mind was this instruction, call the radio station manager. That was the Holy Spirit telling me what to do. He shall teach you all things. When you don't know how to do something, you tell God. I don't know how to do this. The Holy Spirit teaches you all things. Another thing he does is he brings all things to your remembrance whatsoever Jesus has said unto you. He'll bring those scriptures to your mind to show you what to do. He'll bring dreams to your mind to show you what to do. He'll bring concepts to your mind. 
And he is the comforter. One time a woman sent me a birthday card. And in that card she told me what she and her husband had done for Thanksgiving. And she told me that they had gone to her grandson's wedding. And she told me what she and her daughter planned to do for Christmas. As she said those things, instantly, in my mind, was a scripture. The Holy Spirit brought to my mind this scripture. Ye are dead and your life is hid in Christ. And while I was reading her note, I was saying, That's right. I'm dead and my life is hid in Christ. It looks like I have no life. I have no husband. I have no grandson. I have no daughter. I have no plans for Christmas. I'm alone. It looks like I have no life. But I do. You just can't see it. It's hid in Christ, the Word. My life is hid in the Word. And the Holy Spirit was reminding me of that to comfort me. I think I would have felt a little bit depressed after reading Shirley's note telling what she and all of her family were doing because I had no family. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. He's also the spirit of truth. He teaches us all things. He reminds us of everything Jesus has said to us. Another scripture for you to keep in front of you constantly I still keep these scriptures in front of me, and I have been doing these scriptures for more than 40 years. But I still rejoice in these concepts. John chapter 16, verse 13. Two more things the Holy Spirit does for us. Jesus says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Take these two scriptures and keep them before you day and night to learn how God communicates with us by the Spirit of God. Therefore, when You hear from the Spirit of God, you're going to be more likely to recognize that's God speaking to me. A woman told me this story once. As a teenager, she had gone into the little village grocery store, and she had seen a young man standing at the counter, and it was very unusual to see a stranger in this village. It was out in the country. But she saw this young man standing at the counter, and she didn't know him. But she knew she was going to marry him. And she asked the grocer, she said, who is that? And the grocer told her he was Jerry Greer. And the grocer said, he's visiting such and such and working out here in like a field hand or something. When that said to Brad Pinkston, the grocer, I'm going to marry him. And Brad was horrified. He was a Nazarene, and he was horrified. 
And he said, you shouldn't say, say things like that. When Wynette told me the story, I knew immediately she had heard from God. I knew that God had given her a word of knowledge that she was going to marry this young man. And I rejoiced. I just rejoiced in the working of God. But see, I understood how God works. Brad Pinkston, who was a Nazarene and had been in Nazarene church all his life, had no concept whatsoever that he had just seen and witnessed a miracle of God. But I did. The instant when it told me, I knew it was the working of God because I know the Bible. I know how God works. It's important for us to know how God communicates with us. You're going to miss the miracles of God if you don't know that. Well, I said to Wynette when she told me the story, and she told me the story after 60-some-odd years because Jerry had already died at the time Wynette told me this story. And I said to Wynette, I was so excited over the story, and I said, oh, that was a word of knowledge from God. And she looked horrified. She didn't want to hear that. Why not? She was a Baptist. She was raised in the Baptist church, was a Baptist all her life. She doesn't, doesn't want to hear of a miracle from God. She doesn't want to recognize it's God that told her that. What does she think? It was witchcraft or something? Who does she think she heard from? A devil? Devils can speak witchcraft to you. They can speak... Future things are going to happen when they don't happen. Those are devils. They're witchcraft. But when God tells us something of the future that's going to happen, it happens. Well, she married Jerry. She married him uh, even as a teenager. They had three daughters. They were married 60-some-odd years before Jerry died. And to hear that it was God who told her, He's, you're going to marry him. I, I found that exciting. I rejoiced in God. I rejoiced in the fact that he told Wynette this. Brad Pinkston didn't rejoice in it. He rebuked Wynette. This Nazarene man, well, if he had understood how God shows his children things, he would have rejoiced. It's very important to know how God teaches us, how he communicates with us. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, Jesus says he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. We'll look at one other section of scripture today, and that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is a wonderful chapter concerning the Spirit of God and following God. Paul tells us about it. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ, the Word, and Him crucified. 
And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Some preachers look for clever stories to tell you to tickle your flesh, but those don't have the power of God. The thing that God has taught me to do is speak as the Holy Spirit shows me to speak. Share those things with you. If I hear 1 Corinthians chapter 2, share that. If I hear the story like the one about Wynette, hearing that she was going to marry this young man, share that. There's life in those stories. But if I sat down and planned it out, there probably would not be life in it. It's as I hear from the Spirit of God that I share with you. And those are the things that have life in them and edify the church. And that's what Paul's talking about. He said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, the church, yet not the wisdom of this world. He's not trying to find clever stories of this world to tell you, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. This is so exciting to me. First time I ever read it, which was in sometime in the 1970s, I just kept it in front of me all the time because it shows us how the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to show me the things that God has prepared for me so that I may follow those things. Starting at verse 12 again. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. One time in 2020, I was considering having new, new upholstery done on the car seats 
I've had several broken bones. It's kind of painful for me to sit on certain seats. And Pam has a 16-year-old car. I had a 26-year-old car. And I thought, well, I could have the seats reupholstered on those two cars. And that might help. And in my mind, a thought came, or you could just buy a new car. Well, I had never thought of that. And I thought about it, and I said, well, I could buy a new car. Two months earlier, I had sold a house in Texas. There was no mortgage on the house. I had a full price, and it was just sitting, the money was sitting in the bank. I have no debts of any kind. Yes, I could buy a new car. I hadn't thought of doing that. Now, what is this? How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? I know things that the Holy Spirit brings us. If, if I was in debt and I heard that word, I'd know that was not God because it would not be easy to be entreated. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, gentle, easy to be entreated. It could easily be done. God reinforced that way by giving me a dream that night that I bought a new car. The next day I told Pam, I said, well, I, I've had, I had that dream last night that I bought a new car. By 12.30 that same day, we had left the house and gone to look at cars. By 7 o'clock that night, we had already bought a car. Why? How can we move that fast? We know it was information from God. The wisdom from God had been given to us. It would be better for us in our circumstance to buy a new car than to have the seats reupholstered in the old cars. Pam put her car up for sale. Within, oh, two or three days, her car sold. It very easily sold. Mine was up for sale. It's a 25-year-old car. And then I wasn't quite sure that I wanted to sell it, so I took it off the market. I still have it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. This is how God leads us. So when we look at the car, God showed us to do this. At first, we had some problems with the car. And there could be doubts like, you shouldn't have bought this car. Certainly, we prayed over the brand of car to buy. It's devils trying to make you waver, to make you think you did the wrong thing. When really all you have to do is work through a few problems. One of the problems that we had with the car was the air conditioning was so loud when you turned it on. We had it on low and it sounded like the air conditioning on high on my old car. It was so loud. We took it back to the dealer and he said, no, this is normal. Well, we didn't think it was normal. We had driven several models of cars, brands of cars. And we didn't have any problem with the air conditioning being so loud. It was so loud that Pam and I were actually having to shout at each other to be heard because of the noise from the air conditioner. That can't be normal in a new car. And we had it turned on low. And it was still that way. 
That can be very depressing. But we prayed. Each of us prayed for wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. It shall be given him. So we prayed. A day or so later, I had an idea to go on internet and check and see if other people had problems with noise from air conditioners and what they did about it. So I went on internet and asked that question uh, about noisy air conditioners in cars. It came up with quite a lot of information and several men had demonstrated what to do when there was noise in the air conditioner. I couldn't understand most of what I was reading, but I showed it to Pam. We went out to the car, and it gave me courage and us courage to try to punch buttons on that air conditioner. We pulled up climate control, and on these modern cars, there's so many things to do with them. Uh, But Pam began pushing buttons, and she hit one, and the noise stopped. And we've never heard that noise again. God guiding us to help us with a problem that was really troubling us. And it would cause us to doubt that we did the right thing in buying the car, except we knew it was the Holy Spirit showing us to buy the car. Did we buy the wrong brand? Now there was a doubt. Well, we got the problem solved. Sometimes you have to work through problems even when you know God wants you to do this. Sometimes you know God wants you to do something, but you don't have the way to do it, and you try to do it in your own flesh, and everything goes haywire. We had a woman in our church group who did that. She knew she had to get away from her Baptist relatives. Her aunt called her, and so she didn't answer the phone. The next week, her aunt's daughter, her cousin, called several times, and she continued to not answer the phone, and that really troubled me. I told her, I said, I don't know that you're going the right way. It was obvious to me she had not prayed and asked God what to do. She was just scared and going by her flesh. Well, think of all those times that cousin called her the next week. What if she was lying in her house helpless she lives alone she's 70 something she lives alone why I'd be terrified if I'd been that cousin I would have called the police department and had them go over and check to be sure she was all right when she didn't answer the phone now the cousin apparently did nothing I don't know why the cousin would do nothing that kind of like she didn't care but I told this woman I said you know what you need to do You need to get away from those Baptist cousins that will not follow the Word of God. You know you need to do that, but the problem is you don't know how to do it. You haven't heard from God how to do this. So you have to know not only what to do, but how to do it. I knew God was showing me to go on radio, but how do I do that? Well, he told me. So be sensitive to both what to do and how to do it, and then you can go forward in peace. 
Or if you have a problem after you start something that you believe God has told you to do, you may have to work through a problem like we did with the car. So finishing with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So sometimes we'll try to share something of God with someone who says he's a Christian, but he doesn't have the Spirit of God. And what does he do? It's been my experience. He just stares at me while I'm talking and says nothing. And he's just biding his time, waiting until I stop talking about those spiritual things so we can go back and talk about some television show. When that happens to you, you can kind of beware that that person might not have the Spirit of God because he doesn't delight in the things of God. He delights in the things of the world. I saw that in one of the women in in our church group. She used to delight in things of God. She was with us 39 years, but toward the end, before she left us, I would try to share some spiritual thing with her and she would get dead quiet. But the minute I started talking about a TV show, she would jump right in and begin talking freely and talking about the actress and what that actress did and the actor and the producer and the director. But she wasn't interested in things of God. Jesus says in the end times, there will be people who will fall away. He said that because iniquity abounds, the love of many, and I believe that's the love of many for the word of God, will wax cold. But he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's Matthew 24, verses 12, 13. Jesus is speaking of what will happen in the last days. And I think that's what happened to her. Don't let that happen. How do you keep it from happening? Meditate on the word of God. Take those scriptures that you've recently had called to your attention and think about them. Feed on them as if you're eating breakfast or lunch or dinner. Feed on those scriptures. Look at them in the morning. Look at them in the evening to be sure that you've done them through the day. Examine yourself to see if you're still in the faith. Well, I will conclude just by saying I do recommend that you keep these scriptures about the Holy Spirit in front of you day and night for as long as it takes to really learn how God speaks to his people, how he speaks to us today, so that you can rejoice in the things of God and follow God by his Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God says Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.